0: Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to our latest vodcast on 3D printing in medicine. And I'm giving this talk in part because I was asked to for the ISCT course by Jeff Rubin. And so let me tell you a little bit about 3D printing. It's an area of a lot of interest these days. And we speak about visualization. We talk about the direction things have gone from axial imaging to multiplanars to 3D rendering, both MIP and volume rendering to now things like cinematic rendering 3d printing and as we look forward to augmented reality so things will constantly improve and we're going to build on what we've been doing before now this talk will only be on 3d printing except for the very last slide now if you ask me what's 3d printing probably most of you know in part because it's always on tv it's in magazines so if you want to know what something really is go to wikipedia it's, it refers to a process used to create a three-dimensional object in which layers of material are formed under computer control to create an object. Objects can be of almost any shape or geometry and are produced using digital model data from a 3D model or another electronic data source such as a AMF file. Now, one thing just to tell people is when you're doing 3D printing from CT, you can't use the DICOM files. You have to transfer the DICOM files to a different type of file format. So that's something just to remember. Now if you look at the early uses of 3D printing in medicine, and it's early, though there was a very nice exhibit at RSNA last year. Physician education and training, patient education and communication, custom design of prostheses including different body parts, surgical simulation and surgical rehearsal, and medical device prototyping. And it's not just something that's of interest in radiology, but if you look at the literature, be it cardiology, be it plastic surgery, cranial facial, vascular neurosurgery, transplants, the list go on and on. So everybody's interested in the area. There was a good article published in uh, Radiographics a month or so ago, looking at acetabular fractures. And I like this article by um, Matthew Mangarana. I hope I didn't kill his name there for several reasons. One is it makes a few good points that if you're gonna use 3D printing for teaching, it probably is gonna work best for classic cases where you wanna teach people, not the rare case. Now, I will admit the rare case for 3D printing may be very valuable for looking at complex anatomy and surgical planning, but for teaching, the basics work very well. One of the reasons 3D printing is of such great interest is new learners, the millennials, like to touch things They may not like to look at things on the computer necessarily, particularly if they don't understand the software, but they hold things in their hand. uh, it, It improves the learning process and that's been shown in, you know, many different articles. This article does make the point that printing takes a couple days, costing several hundred dollars depending on the specific model. And then you may also need to paint the model to get the right colors and understanding. Uh, Their conclusion was that 3D models enhance understanding of challenging issues encountered in routine practice. It can facilitate improved diagnosis and treatment perhaps. Uh, Again, they say rarely encountered variants and pathologic entities may not be suitable for 3D models. I think that's more from their use in more of a classic teaching format. I would say in many of the articles do make the point that those rare cases Those very unusual, uncommon cases may actually benefit significantly from models, but again, that's more of the surgical planning rather than the educational perspective. And here's a simple uh, picture from their article, posterior acetabular fracture, showing the displaced fracture. Just a very nice example. Now, if you look at some of the articles published, I like this article by Marconi, and they went through some of the... uh, important aspects of printing for surgical anatomy and how it may be helpful. Uh, they surely said that less experienced medical students perceived the highest benefit of correct answers with 3D printed models. The more experience you have, the less the models helped. but that's probably true with a lot of things. The average time spent by participants in 3D model assessing was shorter than the one of the corresponding virtual 3D reconstruction or conventional CT dataset. Now of course that may be because the people using it were inexperienced looking at the 3D rendering, they weren't that good on the software, or they really didn't know how to look at axial CTs. But surely in the education process the less knowledgeable someone is I think that the 3D models will prove to be more valuable. And here's just a picture from their article showing you some normal organs and then showing you tumors placed in the pancreas and placed in the kidney. Other articles like this one talk about the value of 3D models, in this case of the upper limb for anatomic education for medical students. And again, when you look at the literature, there's hundreds of articles, each taking a specific point and looking at that with uh, 3D printing. In terms of complexities and looking at surgical planning, this article is a good one, 3D printed cardiac prototypes aid surgical decision making and preoperative planning. And again, this is the example of taking a complex, rare type process and using 3D printing. In this case, they looked at five complex cases and they felt that it did help them understand what surgery needed to be done and how the uh, complexities were indeed present. In this article by Witowski, they made the point that in liver surgery 3D printed models may be very valuable in terms of education and in terms of surgical planning. Uh, They also made the point that although everyone thinks it's cool, promising early results need to be verified in larger randomized trials which will provide more statistically significant results. And I agree with that. I don't think anyone's going to argue that the things don't have value. The question is going to be, particularly at the cost and time and everything else, is it the right thing to do? Um, Witowski also did a more specific study where they looked at 3D printed models for preoperative planning before laparoscopic liver uh, hemihepatectomy for METs from colon cancer and found that the 3D models before complex laparoscopic surgery led to benefits for the surgeons as many reports show that the models reduce operative time and improve short-term outcomes. I think again the more knowledge the surgeon has going into a procedure the quicker they'll do or the better they'll do so perhaps modeling can help in this regard. Now, the whole area with 3D printing uh, has been around for several years, and it's not just medical, obviously, and, you know, you could see it from printing squirrels, as in this case, or our experience where we were looking um, with the aquarium at a lizard who's been having some issues, great history. Uh, you could tell it was not a patient because I've not seen that good a history in like a thousand years, but you can see on the image on your left is a 3D model of this blue tongue skink and you can see it looks pretty much like it's supposed to look in nature and here's our 3D views of that and then we took that and we created a model and you can see the model is the lower image but look how good the model looks compared to the the 3D rendering itself look at the extremities, look at the shell, look at the entire cover so Indeed, very good visualization, and when you think about this, you're creating a replica of that animal, which means you can create replicas of body parts, and so no surprise, one of the uses of people talking about are implants. So here's an article looking at implanting jaws, so the ability to create implants. In plastic surgery and oncology surgery could be very valuable and there's been articles talking about implants of mandibles parts of the orbit parts of the skull and parts of extremities so indeed it's uh, very important now of course one of the other things people are interested in is can you take this and make it more real like can you include lifelike tattle properties What else can you do? And this is an article by Weinstock just published, or it's in press now, and this is some people at Hopkins in neurosurgery, basically talking about mixing Hollywood and 3D printing to accelerate development of expertise with respect to new and novel procedures, as well as iterate new surgical approaches and innovations. And again, particularly for the novice neurosurgeon learning. And here's just some of their models. And this is from their article, very impressive in terms of the detail and again using this for surgical simulation is something that's creating a lot of interest. Now if you ask, what does it take to get started with 3D printing? I think perhaps think about what your focus question is, don't think about a thousand questions. Are you trying to do for education? Looking at the shoulder, the knee, the liver, the pancreas, what are you trying to do? Start with one thing. Do you need to buy a printer? Well, perhaps the printers are very expensive, which they are, the good ones. Perhaps there are other ways of getting things printed without spending all the money as you're looking at the viability of the project. And I'll cover that in a moment. And then being practical, if 3D printing becomes in mainstream or more mainstream, who pays for the models? The patient, insurance, research funds, or nobody? That's a realistic question. And I mentioned before, the average time now for getting routine models is about two days. What turnaround time are we gonna need? Is it gonna be someone gets trauma and they need the turnaround time in minutes or an hour? That's a good question. Right now, it's typically not a rush. It's for something that's being planned. And in terms of information, Stratasys is the leader in the field. Macrobot was one of the leaders which got bought out but you can read a little bit about Stratasys. Some of the applications they have in medicine are indeed very good. You could buy a system from them. They range from the thousands to the millions. Or at Hopkins, for example, the institution has bought a printer and now its uh, you can send your data sets in and have, have it made. That's surely an economical way for the individual. The institution has absorbed most of the cost and perhaps by spreading it around multiple departments it may become cost effective. If you don't have that you can use companies and we have no relationship to the companies nor am I certain how good they are but here's one of the largest proto labs which can do 3D printing you can get a quote for what the printing job costs the speed and complexity or this website which actually hooks you up with different printers to get your parts in 48 hours so again There's a lot of businesses that are being developed around this and it is something that perhaps is going to be viable. Now, it is interesting with 3D printing, this holding things in your hand. I just wonder where it's gonna go as Oculus, which is part of Facebook or other companies, do virtual reality and do augmented reality. And I've tried these goggles on and it's amazing the three-dimensional you could touch With a wand, the tumor, the parts, it's almost like you're inside the model rather than looking at a model in your hand. So it'll be interesting. Each of these new technologies pushes the other where things will go in terms of radiology is indeed very interesting. So with that, I thought we'd share something a little bit new, something that we're going to be speaking about over the coming years. And with that, have a great day.